You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, hopefully we are live. A little bit of, uh, or I'll give everybody a little bit of time to hop in here. Uh, I think I'm also going to make this a podcast, so if you are listening as part of the Auburn Undercover podcast, and if you're not watching this on YouTube, um, this is a live stream, so we're going to be taking questions out of the chat from whoever's here from YouTube, whoever's here from Facebook, which this is y'all's cue. Any questions you guys have, I'm here to answer them. Jason is going to be on here soon. Dukes might come on. You never know kind of who else might pop up as a cameo as well. So we'll see, but figured it was a very good day for Auburn. It was a good opportunity to hop on here, talk about everything that went on in Auburn and in Chilton County High School today, along with what's to come this weekend with Big Cat Weekend. Uh, Before I get into that, I'll give a little bit more time to hop in. Oh, speaking of people hopping in, there is Dukes right there. Dukes, we are live. Already started things off. It's rolling a little early. What's up? Oh, not much, man. Exciting day uh, to be covering Auburn, huh? Yes, it was. This is uh, this is probably one of the most exciting days I've had actually covering Auburn in terms of biggest wins. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, signing days are always fun. Last year's signing day was was something special with Keldrick Falk and Kay and Lee. But this one, you can see what's building, especially before Big Cat. This this is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Huge day. Uh, Great player, too. I, I watched some more of his film, and uh, I read Jason's article about uh, the comparison, like the Tequila Spikes, when it comes to potential and upside. I can see that. I, that, that, I mean, there's nobody I can really compare him to. He's that good of an athlete, and he's that type of player that's created his own player comparisons based off his high school film. You, you don't want to put too much on him, but, he, I mean, the excitement is real, and it should be real because he's that type of player. Yeah, speaking of uh, Jason's player comparison, there's Jason right there. What's up, Jason? <laughs> oh, maybe we don't have him. We're working through some things. But, um, guys, like I said, a lot of this is going to be all about answering y'all's questions. So I want to take questions just instantly from the chat, roll through questions, make a Q&A. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about DeMarcus Riddick because that was the news today, but everyone's going to want to talk about Big Cat as well. So the first question comes from Frankie. Uh, what's your thoughts on Thompson, as in Perry Thompson? Is he next? <sighs> right now, I think there's a good chance that he could be one of the next ones. You know, People at Auburn are expecting him in Auburn for Big Cat Weekend. And if he shows up, then you know, we've been favoring Auburn a little bit. And if he shows up at Big Cat, Jason, I'll see. Are you here? Yeah, you know. Okay. If he shows up at yep. Big Cat, seems like seems like there could be some really positive traction there uh, for yeah. something happening. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy that, that Alabama wants to get back on campus. If he shows up at Auburn this weekend, then I would say you'd have to like Auburn's chances then. So, um, 
I think there's I think there's a group of guys. Um, you look at him. You look at a guy like Malcolm Simmons, who talked to up in Hoover not too long ago. And, um, he's a guy that could could do something this weekend. And uh, you know, the skeptical Christian right there is trying to ask about how many could you see this weekend. I, I don't know. I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if there were two or three guys. Um, I, I feel like there'll be at least a couple. But what you just don't know is who they push for. If there's a guy, you know, like hey we're ready for you. Let's go. Um, then you could see a few guys say, Hey, I'm ready to get on board. That's what you just don't know is where maybe where the Auburn coaches feel like they are with some guys that maybe there's some guys that they want to maybe push for, um, that, that, you know, we don't know of right now, but that might change in the next 24 hours. So you, you never know how it's hard to forecast numbers, but you do have a feel for a few guys. Yeah, I think Reese Baker is one of those names. I think Reese Baker has a strong chance to potentially land in the class on Saturday. Um, if he's ready and willing to pull the trigger and if Auburn feels the same way. Um, one of the main questions in the chat, let's see, this goes along with that. There it is. Um, wish list is KJ Bolden and DeAndre Carter. Now we know KJ Bolden Dukes is going to announce on uh, August 5th, so about a week after Big Cat. DeAndre Carter's making the cross-country trek to get back to Bidcat all the way from California, which is pretty notable because this time it's not an official visit. This time he has to pay for it. Dukes, I think we both agree that Auburn sits in a pretty darn good spot right now with DeAndre Carter and could make a could make a move there this weekend. And KJ Bolden, we'll see what happens. A lot of people didn't think Auburn would get the Marcus Riddick, so we'll see what happens. But long way to go there. Yeah, I like uh if I had to. You know, I had to rank them definitely. I feel a lot better about Carter than I do Bolden. Um, I'm, I'll be at Buford tomorrow. I literally just got through talking to KJ. Uh, uh, they they have an evening practice tomorrow, so I'm going to be out around Georgia tomorrow trying to check out a couple of Auburn targets. But uh, definitely, there's some. Uh, I've been getting some calls uh, and some screenshots and some texts from some group chats and, you know, uh, trainers in the area who feel like Auburn has a better shot than people think. But uh, me personally, as much as, as well as I know uh, the Boldens, um, I'll say that I don't think anybody really knows. Um, I think that I was actually uh, at, up in uh, UGA today, and uh, they, they feel okay, but not great. Um, Nobody knows. So I think this is going to be one of those things that if Auburn can come out guns a blazing and uh, they'll do the best job they can recruiting on for Bolden, they'll make it really interesting. I do know uh, DeAndre Carter, I think he gets here, what, Friday maybe, from what I heard? Sounds uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Carter will be here Friday, super early flight to get make the most of his visit. Um, I really believe that Carter – I know Michigan State is a player – um, you're still going to see Texas as a player, but I think Auburn leads, and I think there could be a – there's a more than decent possibility that Auburn tries to get this thing close this weekend with DeAndre Carter. Yeah, what the, the interesting thing that that we don't know is how much of an impact um, getting a guy like DeMarcus Riddick makes on other guys. It can have a big impact on guys. Um, it opens the door for other top-rated guys to go – you know what, I, I've been seeing the same things about Auburn, but I wasn't sure if anybody else was with me. Now I see other guys see it too. Um, it can have a profound impact on recruiting. And, you know, we've seen it happen in the past. Um, I, I think it could be, you know, something absolutely that could it could be a momentum shift for, for this class. And, 
it already is. Um, the The impact of getting a guy like you know you know Riddick is is massive when you start talking about winning battles over Alabama, Georgia. Auburn won a battle for you know Keldry Falk last year over Florida State. They won a battle for Connor Lou over Miami. Those were those were battles that Auburn hadn't won in the last couple of years, and in, in really in those kind of situations. And then you look at this class, and you look at just down the road, Joseph Phillips. I mean, Georgia wanted him and still wants him heavily. You win that battle. Walker White's a guy that that obviously is a highly recruited player. And then you get a guy from just up the road in Chilton County that Alabama and Georgia are both fighting for. Um, that That's the kind of battles that you have to win if you want to compete for championships. you got to have more of them, but you have to start winning some of these, and, and this staff's already doing it. Yeah, we have over 200 people in here trying to get to y'all's questions. They're all kind of racking up. But, Jason, you you brought up a good point about momentum, and this is something that Dukes and I talked about on the podcast whenever we recorded it, uh, I don't know, within the last week or so. Talking about K.J. Bolden, we were saying, you know, the way you could maybe see a path to K.J. Bolden would be you get to Marcus Riddick. Well, that's done. Maybe you get Perry Thompson on Saturday. Then all of a sudden, K.J. Bolden's looking around like, Maybe this maybe this could be the spot with these other five stars. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I want to wrap back to this question. This one's from Dukes, um, talking about the state of Georgia and just Auburn's potential to kind of crack in there. You know, we've already seen it this cycle with Jalen Crawford, one of the top top guys. I believe he's the top corner out of the state of Georgia. But Dukes, just kind of your take on this. Yeah, from what I've heard uh, from sources on uh, both sides from high school coaches here in Georgia and uh, sources over in the, uh, in the complex. Uh, uh, Auburn has a really um, high-level board in Georgia. It's less Atlanta. They're going throughout Georgia. Uh, some of the guys in 2025 that are higher on their board are Tavares Dice, the offensive tackle out of Langston Hughes, who confirmed he'll be a big cat. Uh, Jonte Gilbert from Douglas High School, who's 50-50 on coming to big cat. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show, doesn't show up, but – He's somebody that has real interest in Auburn, um, uh, currently committed to Ohio State. Uh, there's a guy at Woodward Academy, London Merritt, that I know that the staff is crazy yep. about. Um, uh, edge player, def- uh, defensive end. Jason, in your opinion, wh- wh- what would you consider uh, Merritt to be on the next level? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think he's one of the guys that we saw. Uh, we saw him at Under Armour. He's kind of similar to Jamonte Waller. He is. I think he's a guy that's going to wind up being an edge guy before it's over with because of body type and size. I think he's going to end up being a pass rusher, but he can run. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> he's, here's, <clears throat> here's what he is. He's one of those guys you take and figure out where to put him. And, and that's, <laughs> right. it's, like, well, it's like Joseph Phillips, the same thing. You go, I don't know exactly where. I think he's an edge. For a while he was a linebacker. I think he's going to be a jack linebacker. But in the end you go, and just – just find a just just find a spot for him down the road, and I think he's, London Mayor is the same kind of guy. You look at him and go, man, just just sign that guy and figure out where you where he plays later. Because he honestly, it may be like Carlos Dansby. He may be a guy that plays a position for a year, <clears throat> and then transitions to another position as he fills out physically some of those things. And you just hey, you know what? You just you just roll the dice and, and say hey, we're going to figure out a place to play a really good athlete. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of state of Georgia, guys, um, Jason, someone wanted to know about Duke Watson, the Louisville commit, who I think I was on vacation, but heard back from him, and he's going to be a big cat after getting offered uh, earlier yeah. in the month. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, the guy that obviously you know, I talked to, and um, 
we talked about Cadillac and obviously getting offered by Cadillac the op- opportunity to maybe play for a guy that had been where he wants to get in the league was a big deal. Um, you know, I, I think a really good all around running back. And so honestly, it's one of those guys. Now you look at it and you've got the big physical back committed already. Um, and, and now you start looking at, Hey, who's the next guy up. And right now for this Auburn, this Auburn class, it's really interesting. Do you, um, do you hold spots or do you say, look, we're going to go ahead and keep the momentum going. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to say, look, let's keep the momentum going, do this because when you, you start getting these guys, here's the thing that people don't realize when they step foot on campus, people thought, man, they're behind. Yeah. They're behind in 24. They're also behind in 25. Like these, these guys, I mean, Hey, we talked about Ryan Williams a bunch. Ryan Williams already committed to Alabama. That's a 25 guy. They've still got ground to make up in the 2025 class. They've done a bunch of they've done a bunch of it already, but so the the more you can can figure out and start to move ahead and to get ahead, do some of those things. That's a great thing. So I mean, Duke Watson's a guy that obviously would be a guy to at least pay attention to this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to do a couple quick hitters here that I can answer. Um, Kevin wanted to know if UGA wanted to keep the last two linebacker recruits. I'm assuming the first one was maybe Joseph Phillips, who they didn't get committed, but they wanted, um, and then Demarcus Riddick. This was not a mutual parting of ways. Um, Georgia wanted both of those guys. Um, someone wanted to ask about Malcolm Simmons at safety because I talked with Demarcus Riddick on video earlier, um, and he mentioned Malcolm Simmons as a safety. Um, he could definitely play safety. He could play defensive back. I think Auburn's recruited him at wide receiver right now, though. But like Jason said, you you probably end up taking him, and then depending on how things shake out, you could He's, you could. He is a definition of figure it out guy. Just figure it yeah. out sometime down the road. But a guy that athletic, you just go, hey, look, take you, find, figure out where your best spot is down the road. And, and uh, he, he absolutely can play defensive back. I saw him um, last year. Um, they played him at running back, probably more of a natural wide receiver, but he played DB. And when he does, he's got some DB. He's got DB skills. And so, um, yeah, he's just the guy that, like I said, he figured out later and list him as an athlete. Go on. Yep. We've got two here from uh, Lynn and from Brian talking about the offensive linemen. Obviously, that's always a hot topic for Auburn, and it's been a board that has shifted around, seen some losses there at times throughout this cycle. I think the two names, and we've already talked about both of them, that you can instantly point to right now that are still main targets for Auburn that seem pretty realistic would be DeAndre Carter um, from California and Reese Baker from Madison Academy. Both of those guys are going to be here this weekend for Big Cat. Um, Both of those guys are – Potential commit watch, I would say strong commit watch for Reese Baker, more so potential for DeAndre Carter, um, but we'll see how that goes. From there, you still have Jameson Riggs, but he's he's trending Georgia Tech right now. So you'll start to see the board expand a little bit with some names. I also don't think Auburn is afraid to – they'll take their fair share of high schoolers. They'll get to three or four, but I also – I think they're willing to hit the transfer portal there, and they know they need to hit the portal there because – Let's see. Avery Jones is one year. Um, Gunnar Britton's one year. Dylan Wade could easily be a one and done guy because I think he can go to the NFL. Jaden Muskrat doesn't have a lot of eligibility. So, no matter what, Auburn needs to go to the high school ranks and they're going to need to go to the JUCO and portal again this year because they're going to need an, almost a whole new offensive line again next year. Yeah. I, here's, I'll, I'll revisit something I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that in just the SEC, you look and there's 14 teams getting ready to be 16 teams. Most likely, 
teams are going to sign four offensive linemen in a class. So you start going for next year with Texas and Oklahoma in here, you're talking about four times 16, which is a math is right, is that 64. That's 64 offensive linemen. There are currently 37 four- and five-star offensive linemen in the country. And you're talking about 64 will be signed in the Southeastern Conference. You think about, okay, you had Texas, who's recruited pretty highly, you know, really well on the offensive line. You already got Alabama, Georgia in this league, and you got Ohio State. You think if, if those teams sign just two of those guys apiece, and you start talking about that's eight to ten of those, at least 27 for the entire country, there's just not as many four- and five-star offensive linemen to go around, and everybody has a bunch of them. There's not a position on the, on the team that has as many players as offensive line, so it makes it hard. But Auburn has, has done a terrible job uh, until this staff of recruiting offensive linemen. Um, Calvin Ashley was a five-star offensive lineman in 2017. Since that time, the only blue-chip offensive lineman Auburn has signed is Keandre Jones and Connor Lee. That's the that's the only two four-star offensive linemen or above that Auburn has signed in six years. Um, hard to to be successful doing that. DeAndre Carter is a four-star guy. Um, I think there's some guys that have a chance to continue to move up. But you know this 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 the coaching staff understands that they understand they got to sign guys, and you're going to have to sign three-star offensive linemen. That's just the nature of the beast. That's the way it goes. You sign guys and develop them. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Davis wanted to talk about going back to DeMarcus Riddick. Um, this was interesting. Jason, we got to watch DeMarcus play in the second, I think it was the second seven-on-seven seven tournament that Auburn held over the summer. And, you know, I was looking around to try and try and find where DeMarcus was. And he was lined up at nickel. He, he moved back to safety. Um, and I talked with Chilton County's head coach, Marvin Morton. He said, look, DeMarcus started for me as a freshman in the secondary. And he's grown into a linebacker body a little bit more. Um, but Jordan was saying that one of his player comparisons for Riddick was uh, Carlos Dansby um, because of his versatility back there. Let's see. Another question here. With getting Joseph Phillips and DeMarcus Riddick at linebacker, does that hurt nabbing the younger fault kid? No, I don't think so because he's a 2025 guy. Um, and he's he's so versatile. That's another linebacker edge. He even said that Auburn discussed potentially having him as like a hybrid safety type guy. Yeah, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be in the Jack linebacker before it's over with. Yes, he's, I agree. He's gonna be so much bigger. Uh, he's going back to the Dansby comparison. The thing that people maybe don't realize, and you, and you got to see him in person, and you know too, Carlos was was you know six three six four, but long. I mean, like he's a long, small forward body that had the athleticism of a, I would say corner almost. Now he he might not have had the four four speed, but he had the hips, the turn the ball skills, all that stuff of those guys in a frame that wound up being 6'4", 255 in the NFL. Marcus Riddick's 6'2". He's, he's not that long guy. Now, he's, he's not stubby. I mean, he's got some length to him. Uh, it's just – it's hard for a Carlos Danzig comparison because the length that he had that, that just made him such a different guy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's see. Okay, this is this is the most important question of the night from Logan. Go to Chipotle order, which is where I was right before uh, live streaming this. So I always go with a bowl. Don't do the burrito. Um Usually go half rice because I don't need a ton of rice. Go half and half beans on the black beans and pinto beans. Always chicken, although I will try the new uh, proteins when they release them. Half scoop of the hot salsa because that that really kills the system sometimes. Um, and then sour cream, cheese, and always got to go a half. Uh, just ask for a little bit of lettuce. If you ask for lettuce, you're getting a head of lettuce, and that's not what I'm looking for on my Chipotle bowl. Anyways, back to the important stuff. Dukes, I'm going to toss this one. Start with you, Lynn. Um projections for the Auburn quarterback battle Dukes I want to get your take first um I think uh you got to go they paid I think Peyton Thorne's the guy um I'm not sure how I think I think you'll see a lot of packages for Robbie Ashford but I think Peyton Thorne's the guy uh based on some of the intel I had earlier in the year where you want to have a quarterback that can be successful doing both in both phases of the game which is running and passing I think that he may not be the best runner if you take the three quarterbacks and you say who's the best runner, you would probably say Ashford. If you say who's the best passer, you could possibly hear uh, Holden Garner. But when you hear who's the best blend of both, it's got to be Peyton Thorne. Now, I'm not saying everybody agrees with those uh, comparisons as far as on the staff, but I've heard multiple people who thought that Holden had a, a pretty decent shot at, at winning the job because he had the best arm in the room, but strictly an arm. So I think the best blend of those two things um, from conversations that I've had about what Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze want to do, you want a guy who can do both. And I think Peyton Thorne right now is the best blend of those two things. Jason, what would be your take on it? Yeah, you know, the thing you just don't know is it comes down to execution. Um, How much of the offense was Peyton Thorne able to pick up? How much can he execute? How much better has Robbie Ashford gotten since they walked off the field in early April? You know, those are things that are going to be really important. Um, we, we do know this. We have seen Robbie Ashford around the complex and camps doing things that I honestly don't, don't imagine he would have been doing this time last year. I think he is a guy that has matured greatly. Now, that being said, I think – I would have to lean towards Peyton Thorne because of his experience and playing in a similar type of offense. And like Duke said, probably a little bit of the passing thing. But as you guys know, and I've said it, and I'll keep saying it, I'm a huge Robbie Asher believer. I think that guy has a ton of ability. I think he's a guy that has has NFL quarterback ability in him. Um, this is a system that that allows the quarterback to to be a playmaker more. Um, it's quite frankly, last year he played in a system that was designed for Tom Brady for half the year. And for the second half of the year, I don't know that it was designed for a quarterback at all. Now, and, and, hey, they did what they had to do. and It gave them a chance to win. But you, there wasn't going to be much success going on throwing the football those last four games for this team. Um, how much can, can they take off? I think it's going to be a fun battle. Holden Garner is going to be in there. Um, it's going to be three, and it's going to be those three out of the gate. 
how quickly can they get it to two? And I would I would imagine it's going to be hard to not envision being Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford in a two-way battle for a couple of weeks and maybe a full scrimmage and another partial scrimmage to, to them to kind of figure things out. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add on to that. I'll, I'm just thankful we're what about a week away from fall camp. I think it's August 3rd it gets started, right? August 2nd, yeah. Second, yeah. August 2nd. Okay, well, I'm just glad that we're almost there so we can get some actual football to well, practice, but get to watch some stuff on the field and have something to actually talk about. Let's see. Someone wanted to know about Kamarion Franklin's visit. Jason is actually going to have some notes on that in his VIP story tomorrow. So make sure to go over to auburnundercover.com and check it out. That's one that we're going to hold a little bit, and you will be able to read about a little bit more tomorrow. Can't give away all our secrets out here on the live. Hayden wants to know about Alvin Henderson. Um, is Alvin Henderson our number one running back target for 2025? I don't think there's any question he's number one running back, and he might be one of Auburn's top targets overall in the entire class for 2025. Um, that's a extremely, extremely talented running back. Um, he's broken Cadillac Williams's records in the state of Alabama at the high school level in just two years. He's broken some of his records um, and kind of similar players, similar play styles a little bit. Um, I saw Alvin at the, what was it? The all gas showcase on Sunday. Um, and we had already known he's going to Oregon um, on the 29th this Saturday instead of Big Cat, but not really concerned. He, he might as well have had an apartment at Auburn in the month of June. He was there so much for different camps and yeah. basketball camps and everything. He visited so much, and, he, and he, he's told me several times, and he said again on Sunday, he's like, look, I'll be back for the UMass game, which, you know, big deal. UMass is coming into town, but no, it's a season opener, um, and he wants to be there for the season opener. So I have zero concern that he's going to Oregon this weekend. This is kind of his opportunity since it's not during the season to be able to get out there and be able yeah. to see Oregon. One that's interesting is is we've talked a little bit about DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is a big-time offensive lineman in 2024 from modern day in, in California. He got a big-time running back team made in 2025, uh, Jordan Davison, I think that's his name. Um, that's a guy to pay attention to, um, especially if you get a teammate and he says, man, this is awesome. I'm playing in, in the Southeastern Conference. And look who the coach is. We're going to do big things. I mean, you never know what doors open up. And that's how you recruit. And, you know, people talk about how do you recruit nationally. That's how you recruit nationally. You get one guy, and then he tells a couple of guys, and he goes, man, this is fun. This is a great place. Come check it out. Those guys check it out. They got a guy that they know there. They got a guy that they trust there. And then that opens a little bit of a door. Hey, it, it doesn't have to do that nationally. It happened to Dillard. That's what happened with Otis Mounds. Otis Mounds opened the door to Dillard High School, and, and then Calvin Jackson, Frank Sanders, James Bostic, uh, all those guys ran through it, and, and it kept on for a few years. Um, that's a lot further to, to Santa Ana, California, but if that's how you, that's how you make those things happen. So that's a guy maybe to pay attention to as well. And uh, another one. note on the uh, 25 running backs, one guy that I, that I do know that Auburn likes a ton is a guy by the name of Usman Kroma from uh, Lee County, a uh, basketball player, super great athlete. I think Jason's uh, familiar, but he's a guy that uh, I've, I've been told multiple times that Auburn is high on but there's nobody that they're higher on in that class than uh, Alvin Henderson. Yeah, and I think 25 class is another one. Auburn could take two running backs. I, I don't think it's a guarantee Auburn takes two running backs in 2024. Now, that's the plan, but if Duke Watson maybe doesn't check all the boxes that they're looking for or something or things don't work out, they don't have to take a second running back. You know, 
Jarquez Hunter theoretically could be back for another season. All, all the guys on the roster could be back for another season. Let's see. Caleb says, do you think eight wins in the fall ensures a top 10 class? I don't think it ensures it, but it, it you might get a top ten class with that way it wins. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um I, I think it's I think it's within shouting distance and I wasn't sure it was a month ago. Um to get a top ten class, you gotta have a couple of five star guys. You now gotten that guy. I, I still think Joseph Phillips could wind up being a five star. He's only played football for a year. I think people see him by the end of the year. I think he could wind up being a five star type guy. Then you think about Perry Thompson, uh, you know, DeAndre Carter, those kind those are the kind of guys that get you into the mix to be a top 10 class. And right now, hey, they got a shot at those guys. And just a note on Joseph Phillips, he's training with uh, Willie Whitehead, former Auburn player. And uh, I was talking to Willie the other day, and he was like, man, if I, if Willie, who played what, seven, eight years in the NFL, at least he said that if he had, 10% of the raw ability of Joseph Phillips, he probably would have got another two to three years out of the league. And that's that's high praise coming from a guy who's probably the best, maybe did the best of any walk-on out of Auburn besides uh, Kevin Green, maybe. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Roger could right behind those guys probably. But right. you know, Willie Whitehead was, was a big-time player for the Saints for a long time. And, mm-hmm. hey, to have a guy like that training you as a future pass rusher, that's a big deal because that's a guy that – I mean, we saw him last year in person, Christian, and Joseph yeah. Phillips is just a guy that you said, man, I, I know he really doesn't know what he's doing yet, but it doesn't take long to find him. And <laughs> uh, as, as you start adding skill set to that kind of thing – and here's the other thing. Add, I mean, last year we saw Joseph Phillips. He was probably 212 pounds. He's probably 230 now and probably faster mm-hmm. than he was last year. Yep. Okay, let's let's lightning around this one. I believe we'll get one uh, drip. Says I believe we'll get one out of the two of Perry Thompson or KJ Bolden. I'll, yes or no? Do you agree with that statement or no? We'll go with that. I I think they get one of those guys. Yeah, I would go with that. I agree. Yep. Okay. Clean sweep. Um, I'm gonna let both of you guys tackle this one real quick. Anthony um, asked how you feeling about Kay and Lee and Terrence Love playing early. Also can't forget about Sylvester Smith, he says as well. Yeah, um, I'd go Kay and Lee because he's been on campus. I think that's a big deal. And the corner position is probably a little easier to jump in right away and play. Um, T-Love, Sylvester, it's probably going to be a little harder at safety. There's just so much to learn, getting guys lined up, all those things. I would lean more towards corners, and so I would probably go Kay and Lee. Yeah, just based on the spring that he had, I'd definitely go uh, Canley. I, I think he's he's in your rotation there at corner. It's him and J.D. Rim there as the main kind of backups behind Nehemiah Pritchett and D.J. James. You're probably NFL cornerbacks starting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, John says, D-line, who is our number one target? I think that would be Kamarion Franklin. Um, I think we could all agree with that. Yeah, I think so. A lot of questions here about Perry Thompson, as you guys would expect. Um, but Lynn has one on the current wide receivers. Um, how do you guys feel about the wide receiver room? As in the current wide receivers, I have a suspicion we could be sneaky good here. It's it's an interesting group. They, they added a lot of depth. They added a lot of bodies. Um, I, and I, I, I stick to where I'm – I think it's a solid group. 
I still think you got to find one guy that, that just says, hey, I'm going to go take over and make big plays. Mm-hmm. That's how you change a wide receiver room. They got to find that guy, whoever it is. Hey, it may be, it may be VAR, maybe Javarius Johnson. Now that you've added some guys outside like hooks and shorter and those guys. And then all I hear about Burton is, is a guy that, that has come to work and he was the most. We, we saw him out there. Yes. Sorry to cut you off, Jason, but we saw him out there all the time in June. You know, there would be a camp going on outside. He would have the machine set up or the camps going on inside. He would have the mis- machine set up outside, just catching passes by himself. Yeah, the, the the most highly regarded of the group coming out of high school. Um, if he's a guy that can all of a sudden go boom and that light comes on, then all of a sudden it changes everything because that's what it takes. You to, if you find one wide receiver that can do that, then all of a sudden everybody else on the field is better. Um, can they find that guy? Let's see. Braylon says, what's going on with Malik Autry? Look, he's a 2025 guy. Other schools are going to continue to recruit him. And in all honesty, most of the schools that are recruiting him now, the Floridas, the Georgias, and the Alabamas, is what he told me, started recruiting him heavier after he committed to Auburn. That's just the way things go, and that happens all the time, whether it's guys committing to Alabama, guys committing to Auburn, guys committing to Florida, whatever. Uh, there's a long way to go there. He's still locked in with Auburn. He's really excited for Big Cat. He had a lot of really good things to say. Um, about what Big Cat could be like this weekend when I talked to him at the All Gas Showcase. Uh, Lynn Dukes, real quick, is that running back you were talking about? It's got to be, it's Lee County, Georgia, right? Not Alabama. Yeah, yeah, Lee County, Georgia. Okay. Let's see. We'll hit a couple more ones here, real quick. We're a little over the 30 minute mark. Hayden says, Where does Auburn sit with 2025 Edge Zion Grady from Troy or from Charles Henderson there? That's an interesting one because he was planning to be a Big Cat. He accidentally, I was talking to him at All Gas, he accidentally committed to going to Tennessee's event and Big Cat, which they didn't realize was on the same day. Um, so he was still in the process of figuring out which event he was going to go to. However, I don't have a ton of concern if he doesn't end up at Big Cat because he's been there a lot and Auburn's targeted him pretty heavily. Jason, do you have something to add on Zion Grady at all? No, just uh, you know, I knew that you had talked to him um, recently and uh, you're again, I, a guy that I don't feel like is anywhere close to making a decision. No. Sometimes 2025 guys speed things up. Zion Grady has always felt like to me that he was a guy that's going to take a little while. Yeah, no, I even asked him that question. I said, Look, I know you have a long time, but what do you think? And he said, I don't have any idea. I don't really want to make a decision anytime soon. But I think Auburn is definitely one of the top kind of top contenders there. Good point from Anthony. He brought up TJ Lindsay on the defensive line board. Uh, I think Kamarion Franklin is one for TJ Lindsay, especially after that official visit in June. I think shot up the board now at IMG Academy. Uh, was hoping to make it back for Big Cat. IMG was, uh, with their practice schedule, unable to make it. But Auburn sits in a pretty good spot there, along with Texas. Let's see. A couple more quick ones here. Kevin says, we've heard that Riddick's recruitment is far from over. Um, but in my piece, his coach said that Riddick looks forward to shutting his recruitment down and focusing on his senior season. Just our opinions on it. Um, I want to get both of you guys' take on this because I have a take on what happens with Riddick from here on out, but I want to hear kind of what y'all have to say. Yeah. Well, he said this was his final decision, Um, and he's been pretty straightforward the whole time. Will Alabama and Georgia quit recruiting him? No, they won't, despite what, you know, maybe fans and other people might say. Uh, 
you know, if they can, they're going to continue to recruit him hard and others will too, but I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like he's a guy that's like, Hey, I'm done. I'm ready to go. And moving forward, uh, you never say never, but I, I feel like this is pretty solid. Yeah. And I, I had a coach tell me the other day, um, from another school that was saying it's hard to get a guy to, uh, to flip twice. Um, they felt really good about, uh, whoever got in. They didn't, and uh, they didn't know if it was going to be Alabama or Auburn, but they were sure it was one of the two. And they said, man, that's hard to get a guy to, to flip twice. So when I heard that, I kind of said, yeah, I would probably feel pretty good if Riddick goes ahead and makes this decision. But it's been leaning that way for so long. I mean, you can kind of – everybody kind of had the inkling that once this shoe drops, things were going to change. And it kind of feels like that momentum has started already. So, yeah, I think he stays in the class. I feel the same way. Um, Riddick is just one of those guys, in my opinion, that I think he was done with the recruiting process. Now other schools are still going to reach out to him, like you guys just said, obviously, um, and they're going to keep recruiting him. Maybe he'd take a visit here or there for a game, but I just – I think he's ready to be done. He's ready to be done with the interviews. He's ready to be done with the recruiting process. He's ready to sign. He knows where he wants to be. Um, other schools are obviously not going to give up but I don't think they're going to have much luck there. We'll go, we'll hit one last question because this is a quick one from Braylon. Um, is Dequavius Sori still with the team? Hugh Freeze touched on that at media days. Does not seem likely that he's going to be able to make it because of academics, and it looks like he's going to take the JUCO route. Um, he's actually already changed his social media bio to, I think it was like hashtag JUCO product. Um, and Hugh Freeze was asked if they'll recruit him again down the line, assuming he does go the JUCO route. Um, like we expect, and Hugh said that it was a possibility and they'll kind of continue to recruit the top guys year in and year out. And if Quavo Sori is one of those guys, then they'll do that. Let's see. Let, let's hit one more because I recognize the name from the board, Bay Eagle. Um, would Auburn take Zaquan Patterson and K.J. Bolden if the opportunity presented itself? I would say that's a pretty likely scenario, yes. It's one of the – you know, I liken it to the NFL draft a lot, but – Man, you almost take best available player. Um, you got some needs that you want to fill, and you make sure you fill those. But you get guys like that, uh, then you go, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll take those guys and, and figure it out later. So I, I would, yeah, I would think if you can take guys like that, you take them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, in reality, I think when it comes to KJ Bolden and Zaquan Patterson and Jalen Hayward, KJ Bolden's number one on that list. I don't think that's necessarily a question. But we know when he's committing. We know he's committing August 5th. So let's say he commits August 5th. He commits somewhere else, and it's Juan Patterson and Jalen Hayward left. I think at that point it becomes whoever you can get first, you take. Maybe you would still be willing to take the other guy down the road, but you kind of put put all your chips in whoever you can get first. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, this was honestly a lot of fun. Went for, a, I guess it's close to 40 minutes now, actually. But Figured it was a great day to do it after Auburn had a great day on the recruiting trail and with a lot of excitement moving forward in terms of Big Cat Weekend on Saturday. Obviously, just about every other question in the chat was about Perry Thompson, so all eyes will be on the five-star Alabama commit and what he does on Saturday, um, whether or not he shows up, whether or not he flips. We'll have to wait and see, but definitely, uh, there's definitely some excitement in Auburn about the way things could be headed. Jason Dukes, any kind of final thoughts before we totally, totally call it here? That's it. Just uh, looking forward to this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be there to uh, 
to blow it up from start to finish. So uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a hey, maybe an even more fun ride this week. Yep, I agree. I'll see you guys this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yep, we're all going to be there. Guys, we're going to have live updates the entire, all of Saturday over at AuburnUndercover.com. Um, obviously, we'll have coverage of the event, potential commitment stories, coverage before the event, which gets started tomorrow. I'm going to have a commit watch story who could be next, or I guess when some of you guys are listening to this on Thursday. Um, we'll have coverage afterwards, talk with all the guys that visit afterwards. It's, it's going to be a big one. No matter what, there's going to be a ton of dudes there. So we'll have all your coverage over at AuburnUndercover.com. Thanks, everybody that hopped over from the board, from Twitter, from Facebook, whatever, who hopped into the live stream and gave us questions. It's always fun to just answer questions and just kind of keeps it rolling. It's a lot easier. I don't want to say it's a little more natural. Just keep it rolling, interact with you all a little bit. And I think maybe we'll shoot to do another one of these on maybe sometime Sunday or sometime Monday once the dust settles a little bit from Big Cat Weekend. So until then, we'll catch you guys over at AuburnUndercover.com, and we'll see you on here again soon.